Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters, get with the fucking program. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking uh, today? Uh, I am awesome and I just have a simple, humble uh, Bacardi rum with cranberry. Bacardi rum? Rum with cranberry juice? Yeah. What, is that called something? Uh... Ran rum? I, I don't. I have no. I have no idea. Rumberry. Rumberry. There we go. And you're always and you're always awesome. How are you, Andrew? Awesome. Sometimes I say I'm very awesome. Um, today I'm actually delightfully awesome. Delightfully awesome. Uh, you'll be glad to know that I am actually drinking a beer. This is the first episode you've done this in a long time. <laughs> but I am drinking a Stone Saison. Mm. And it is good. Mm. Mm. Nice, light, refreshing, kind of hoppy, a little spicy. Very good. So before we get started today, if you guys have any questions about personal finance, shoot us an email with your question to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We've been getting a ton of emails, and we do not want them to stop. We, and we're replying to them. It may take us now a day or two because we're actually getting a lot, but we reply to everyone. Yes. So keep sending them. And today's catchphrase was, get with the fucking program. little vulgar, but that was sent to us by listener Aaron Osgood. Thank you, Aaron. Awesome. And if you want to send us your catchphrase, he sent it to us on an email, I believe. Because uh, we did say send it to us on an email. But we really want you to send them to us via Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at Money Matters Man. And really the only reason is so uh, they're a little constrained. You know, there's there's only 140 characters in Twitter. We get to keep it short here on the show. We're going to force you to be creative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Before we get started with, because uh, we have a guest on the show today, uh, I want to read a review <laughs> off of our iTunes store, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it, dude. No? No. Okay, because uh, on the uh, Mother's Day episode, I read some. Uh, but today I decided that I'm going to read a bad one. And it's the first one, unfortunately, it's the first one that shows up on our iTunes feed at the moment. Which, uh, it's, it, you know what, it's like half positive, half, half not positive. Um, but the title of it is, eh, so E-H, period, with one star, by someone called don't usually rate casts. So I, I just want to preface this. I think this is someone who knows me. Is it? I th- I think that was. Remember, I told you the whole story. Yeah, not, not on the podcast, but yeah. Well, here's all right. So I'm going to read it he's, out. Loud. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. No, the two personalities are funny. Thank you. The contrast between them is good. Awesome. <laughs> However, I have to wince at times when they talk about. When they talk about drinking, no one cares. All right? I just couldn't stand it when the lack of knowledge and research in the Roth episode. I'm reading this verbatim, by the way. Uh, Do your research because you guys sound foolish. I'll try again in a few weeks to see how you guys do, but good show! Exclamation point. Okay. Uh... I do have to say, like, you know, he starts off, he says, like, we're funny. I think he said, like, I just look, like, sexy in my pictures. Um, well, no, I did, that didn't, no, I didn't say that <laughs> But at all. anyways, like, that's at least, we're already up to, like, two stars or something, no? I think it was a little dramatic. It was one star. 
I know, but I mean, he said some nice stuff about us. He did. And four out of five listeners found the review helpful. So here's the thing. Uh, he talks about the Roth episode, which is, I believe, and I'm going to go here and look. Um, I don't remember what episode number that is, but it's a pretty early one. It's a pretty early episode. And it was yeah. called To Roth or Not to Roth. In fact, it was episode number seven. And apparently we got some things wrong in that episode. So we are going to plan, and we've got to make sure this podcast comes out before the next one so that we, we're just giving a heads up. We're going to do an episode called To Roth or Not to Roth Redux. We're going to I want really, it to be called Jumping the Shark. I don't want to call it that. Because we're not. I want to go like shark. over the top, dude. No, we're not. Do, we're not going over the top. We are redoing the episode, and here's what we're going to do: we're going to have guests on to talk about these things. Multiple guests on the show, because we. I want to get it right. That's what I want to do. We can Same. call. It, we can yeah. call. It, you know. So we're uh, ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So all that aside, email us. Listen, money matters at gmail.com. Send us your catchphrases, Twitter, at Money Matters Man. Today we have a guest on the show, because today's episode is This Financial Life, and it just so happens to be my brother, Dan. And uh, first of all, Dan, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. There you go. Dan lives with me. We, are, we live in the same house. And what's uh, You should clarify that you live with me. Right, okay. <laughs> I live with Dan in the same house. Uh, fair, because he owns the house. I do not. Uh, but what's funny is that we're actually not in the same room. He's upstairs. So because <laughs> my system doesn't allow me to record two microphones at once and have everyone here. So he's he's coming to us via Skype on his laptop up in his upstairs. I don't know where you are upstairs. I'm on the third floor. Third floor. So that's how we're doing it. <laughs> so, uh, Dan. Yeah. Brother. Yes. Brah. 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 Bro. Brosif. Brohana. Brohana. <laughs> um, I, for, I guess we want to find out. Like you're, you're pretty good with money, right? I try to, I try to be, yeah. Uh, and and uh, we interview, oh, I interviewed uh, our mom for Mother's Day, and mm-hmm. you said she got some stuff wrong. So she had mentioned on there that uh, I said, you know, my mom was so good with money because she learned in, in eighth grade, and... I'm terrible with money, so she never passed that down to me, but yet you're good with money. And you're, in fact, the only one of – there's three of us. We, you know, it's me, Dan, and our younger brother, Chris. And Dan, out of the two of us, are, or out of the three of us, is the only one that's good with money. So how did that happen? Good question. I'm actually going to start a little before because I want to talk about this house thing real quick. Okay. Uh, I wanted to uh, – I will answer your question. Uh, you mentioned when I bought this house, because I was having trouble trying to find a house, and when I finally settled on one, I said I wanted a cushion of a savings account. And do you remember when you said to me when when I said that? Fuck cushions? You said, <laughs> why have a savings account of full of money that you're never going to use? Spend it. Live. Live for once. Mm. Don't be a fucking idiot. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I, I did say do, that. Uh, do you regret that? Uh, I don't regret it, no. No, you don't. Why? I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, you should raise Matt's rent. <laughs> not regret it for that it. comment. No. <laughs> yeah. That, so you better regret it. <laughs> that was that was in my uh, that was before I got into this whole finance thing. I'll admit, mm-hmm. uh, and I I do somewhat believe that in the sense that yes, you should live and you should, uh, you know, do things that you want to do. 
but I also now think that spending it on stuff, which I have an article coming out about soon, is you know, and even a house I would consider stuff. Uh, probably isn't. Um, I mean, I would I, I would rather you like if you're just sitting on money, if you're just sitting on the savings account, and it's first of all not collecting any interest, or at least like what point nine, point eight, or whatever the hell they're sitting at right now. Um, and you, you know, you don't have a plan to grow it, and you're not spending it on things that you want to do in life. That could be traveling, having experiences, which I'm all about. Uh, then yes, I think it's stupid to have it sit there. However, uh, having a cushion, and maybe not the, you had a pretty big cushion. I mean, you had multiple months of living, like, you could have probably lived off that cushion for a year. Uh, yeah. Maybe even a little bit more. Yeah. All right, so. That's a good thing, though. Yeah, it is a good thing. Uh, But, and and this is in the process of you buying a house. So, uh, you didn't want to, what was it, you didn't want to put all your money down on the house, right? Yeah, I didn't want to deplete my entire savings where in case something happened, like my car broke down or something, that I wouldn't have at least 10, 10, maybe 15 grand stashed somewhere that I could get to in an emergency. What do you think about that, Andrew? I think that's an excellent idea. Oh, yeah? Uh, That's pretty much how you should do it. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. 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 (laughs) I don't claim to be the expert here. And, (laughs) And I'll tell you what, back then I definitely wasn't an expert. No. So I do regret saying... In yeah. fact, I think Matt's here is because he's the farthest one from an expert. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, so answer my first yes. question. So how do I get started in finance? Or like, why yeah, how, why are you good at it and I'm not good at it? Well, I'm more intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. No, no. Uh, well, I don't really know where it started. I remember very young age that I was like interested in money and all that kind of stuff. And you probably don't remember, but my mom, our mom, she would always ask, you know, what do you, what do you want for Christmas? And every year I would say, I want stocks. And she really? would, yeah. <laughs> and, and she would, how let, old are you when you said this? You know, I don't remember. I had to have been in at least either, you know, eighth grade or a freshman or sophomore in, in, in high school, somewhere around that age, it's between like 16-ish. 13 or 16, somewhere yeah. around. I can't remember. It's been so long. Uh, but I do remember saying that to her and, you know, every year she, you know, first year she laughed it off and said, no, I'm not getting you that. Second year, you know, it was like, I'm Dan, stop asking me. Third year, she's like, I'm not getting you stocks for Christmas. It is not a tangible gift. It's not something practical. I'm not doing that for you. That is a terrible gift idea. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got the hints. So like my senior year was like the third time I probably had asked and I just gave up on that. I'm like, but can you imagine if I had like Apple stock or, you know, maybe like something like Starbucks, something, you know, where I oh, would forget about it. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? She, I, she would have bought it for herself. In yeah. her defense, I think you would have been like pretty upset while me and Chris were opening up multiple Xboxes and guitars <laughs> and stuff while you were sitting there like with a p- piece of paper saying, well, certificate. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't play with that certificate. I mean, maybe you can make some origami or a paper airplane with it, but that's the, that's the most fun you're going to have that day. Yeah. But when I was rich or something like that, 10 years from now, I'd be giving you all the middle finger. You sure. Know? But you've probably, yeah, but you've probably run away from home because mom treated you like shit for all these years. And you're like, you never got me anything <laughs> worth playing with, <laughs> maybe. you know? So yeah. we're like, maybe just, you know, half stocks, half, uh, you know, half gifts. Yeah. Know, so, well, yeah. all right. So I got to ask then, mm-hmm. what made you buy the house? So you didn't want. I mean, look, I gave you that really bad advice, out of good, out of a good heart, though. I, I wanted you to. I wanted you to live your life and 
and be young and uh i did that out of love mm-hmm. oh yeah bet mm-hmm. uh it I decided to buy a house because I just thought it was a natural progression of human life to evolve and leave the nest, as it were. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what I did. And I wanted a townhouse because I was lazy, I guess, with yard work and also in, uh, inadequate in that department as far as knowledge. So I decided to just you know, buy a townhouse. And you were making enough money at your job to afford a house. Yeah, I'd say so. But I also have a significant amount of student loan debt. What is your student loan debt at? Around forty five thousand. Oh wow, that's a lot. Ish. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't, and you didn't work during college, did you? I did. Did I you did, I, did you make money during college, or I was it an intern? I uh, well, I should probably. I'll give you a little history, I guess. Uh, I actually, because you kind of prefaced this in your uh, earlier question about how did I get into finance. Yeah, and I actually had a finance class in high school. And like a personal finance class or like economics? Uh, a personal finance class. Really? Yes. Uh, Mr. Albert, I believe his name was, and he was the best. And he taught us everything, stock options, bear markets, all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, Like how to write a check? How, uh, actually, how to do your taxes. All that, Is he the one that there. inspired you to want to get stock for Christmas? Uh, so that was my senior year of high school. So I did have it before that. I actually I had a... Uh, it was called, I guess, like a software application class. It was actually just basically a typing class, a glorified typing class where you do Word, Excel, yeah. just learn the basics of those kind of stuff. And he had uh, Krispy Kreme, the, the professor uh, or teacher, I guess, had Krispy Kreme stock. Mm. And he would always talk about it all the time. And he's like, hey, guys, just wanted to let you know my Krispy Kreme stock went up. And we were just like, I'm like, I'm completely fascinated by it for some reason. And, you know, he, I think it one day it, they had some type of bad news and the stock plummeted and he was like completely stressed out that like that whole week. <laughs> and it's like just to me, it just completely interested me. So I, had, you know, ended up looking it up on myself and, and I didn't invest or anything for it. But I just I was just very interested when he ended up talking about it. So he was just kind of getting us, grooming us into into this finance world because he would explain a little bit what was going on to us. And he would encourage us to to look into it or invest or, or do something like that, but not like all the time, just kind of once in a while. He just in the beginning of class mentioned it. Like, you guys really should, you know, look into this kind of stuff. Or you know, if you're ever interested in finance stuff, you should definitely invest. And like, did, okay. did you uh, play with I, fake money in the stock market? I did actually. My the personal finance class that I had my senior year with uh, Mr. Albert, he had us uh, that competition. The whole class got to invest in stocks, and you got to play the whole game. I invested in Yahoo. That was a terrible idea. So I actually backed out of Yahoo because <laughs> uh, I didn't know any better. Then I was I researched eBay. Duh, duh, they you know one of the best companies. And at that year they had I can't. It was probably around. It was two thousand three, two thousand four. I guess they had a good year for some reason because I ended up winning the competition in the class and I got like a I forget like ten dollar gift card to Barnes and Noble for it. But it, you know it was it was interesting. You know I'd be just watching your stock grow and all that kind of stuff. And you know I was I was pretty much in the lead for the near the end of the competition and I just ended up winning and that was nice I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning and I ended up learning a lot and uh, I'm very thankful for that class I did I learned so much in that class and actually I when I went to college I wanted to be a finance major oh that's right yes so that's what I did so I went to college I went to community college for two years just as a business administration thing because I didn't have the finance uh, degree or uh, major and then when I enrolled at a university that happens to be right down the street that we're at right now. Yeah, that I currently work at. Uh, they uh, they had a finance major, so I actually was a finance major 
for a long time. Uh, actually, no, I lied. I was only a finance major for one semester. <laughs> okay, that's and all. And then what really happened? Really so, completely opposite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I full semester, and then I. So it's kind of a weird story, but I've always been interested in computers, and, and uh, Matt knows that. Mm-hmm. And I had a buddy of mine that said, you know, you seem to be struggling with, you know, accounting and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really good at accounting. And I worked at a bank at the time. So that's all, another reason why I was interested in finance. I got a job at a bank. And, I, you know, it's, it's confusing because debits and credits are for some reason at a bank are different than what you're used to in an accounting situation. Yes, that's and true. So it constantly confused me. And I was always struggling in the, in the, in the uh, accounting classes. So my buddy of mine said, hey, you know, you should probably do management information systems. It's business with computers. And you like computers, don't you? And yeah, he's like, you're kind of doing business now with finance. I'm like, hmm, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I just, in the middle of the semester, second semester, I just switched majors. Well, here's what I find interesting is that you won this, your senior year in high school, you won this contest for the stock market. Yes. And then you never invested any real money into the stock market after that. Yeah, I can't, I, I, and you had a $10 gift card. You could have, you know, maybe bought a $1 piece of gum at Barnes & Noble and taken that $9 and invested it in eBay. You know, where were you during this time? <laughs> I was too busy telling people to fucking spend all their money. <laughs> yeah. You were too busy maxing out your credit cards. I was too busy maxing out my credit cards. Living life, quote unquote. Yes. See, I, I don't, I don't, I thought I might have invested. I mean, I know, I actually, it's funny, I invested recently in Facebook, which was a terrible idea because uh, the IPO jacked up. I bought it at a tie. It j- went back down. I sold it. Lost oh, it. dude, you got to okay. gotta hold I, it for a little so, bit. Oh, yeah. So if I had held it, I probably would have made like five, 600 bucks, which, you know, it's a lot, but I dropped out and lost 500, 600 bucks. And, you know, but I got a nice tax return. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got kind of lost. Dude, so let me ask you. So so you bought the IPO. So you were obviously like really excited about Facebook. You thought it was going to like do some awesome stuff, right? Yeah. Then uh, it was like only a few months later because I think it was like less than 6 months or maybe it was a year and it came back to the price it started at. Yeah, that's, So mm-hmm. what changed in that time? Did you change your perception on Facebook or just, did you just get scared? I got scared. I gave up. I was like, I don't think this is going to turn around. I didn't want to be like serious satellite radio where it's just going to drop all the way down to like seven cents or something. And then I was just going to end up, you know, like crying. me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, I could have had some, something to do with that then. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Oh, I, I oh okay. <laughs> uh, but I also, before I invested in Facebook, I invested into Verizon because it was before they had the iPhone and I knew they were going to get the iPhone at some point. So I invested in them before any of those announcements were made. And now, so it was made. I thought they were having a nice little bump. Nothing. <laughs> so right. I ended up backing out. I made like five dollars. So it was silly, but it was something. But this was uh, right after I graduated college. All right. So you you graduated mm-hmm. and you bought a house. Mm-hmm. And how much do you have in your savings right now? Ooh, that is a good question. I think I have around fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. Wait. So how much did you put down in the house? Uh, I put down ten percent. Which was? Around $17,000. Okay, so you didn't completely deplete your original savings. No, I had about ten grand in there after everything was said and done. And you didn't buy, well, you bought a couch. That's uh, pretty much uh, it, right? Well, you know, mom helped out. Okay, uh, right, all right, right. That's, that's fair. Uh, she, she was the, uh, what was it, what was she, interior designer. Yeah, it's just she likes that stuff. Yeah. Um, so you really didn't put any money into the house because the house you bought was brand new. Yeah. 
So you just bought the house, moved in. I moved in shortly after, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, I'm, I am giving you money. So yeah. and and so and uh, so. All right. So and you now have like what you said, ten grand at least. Yeah, about uh, a little over ten grand. A little over ten about- grand in, in a savings account. So you have a pretty decent sized cushion. Yeah. Now this is all in a savings account. Uh, half is in Betterment. Ah. And the other half is in a savings account that I'm slowly, you know, taking out and moving it into the Betterment account. Now, I got to ask, how did you get into Betterment? Oh, good question, mm. Matt. Uh, some, one of my brothers, I can't remember which one. Uh, <laughs> the one who it. just a year ago <laughs> told you to spend all your money, told you, you should probably invest that money in Betterment. I think it was Chris. Oh, it was Chris. Okay. It was Chris. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So you have, uh, so now there's only 5000 in your savings. Yeah. The rest of it's in Betterment, mm-hmm. and you're slowly transferring your money into Betterment. because. And why are you doing it slowly versus not just all at once? Because uh, I think it was Chris again told yeah, me right. to, to also like stagger my investments. Yeah, dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. And just for the record, uh, Matt is like my puppet. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> right, through Matt exactly. to you. <laughs> he has his fingers up me the entire time and, and moves okay. my mouth with his hand. <laughs> That's not <laughs> weird, hurt. right? Uh, so... All right, so this is the only, this is the only like positive capital you have in your life, right? I also have a, an IRA, okay, and a pension from the state. Uh, okay, so how much is in your IRA right now? About thirty-seven hundred. And it's a Roth or traditional? It's a traditional. That's right. We talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna switch over to a Roth. Yeah. Or, or you're gonna think about it. I'm. Yeah, I'm probably gonna call the company that where I have a share builder. Uh, oh, so you're doing it privately. Yeah, just I just found a mutual fund I thought had good reviews and you know Morningstar or whatever the heck it's called. I, there's some I can't remember the name of it where you can check the the ratings. I think Morningstar's right, isn't it? Is it? I think it's like the company that you use to buy food from, like the healthy food, organic, like uh, food. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, Morningstar. Morningstar is definitely an investment company. Okay. okay. There's also I feel like they rate one, them. In. I feel like there's like a grocery aisle in the in like Walmart or something like you can buy Morningstar like tofu or something, <laughs> but <laughs> I could be wrong. Somebody somebody looked that up. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna. I found it was like TWBIX. If anyone cares, that is the 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 name of it. I guess the symbol. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had reviews and I invested. So, and so invest- far, it's it's made me like 300 bucks. I think since I started. And you're gonna nice. continually invest in that. Yes, unless I roll it over to a Betterment IRA. But you're still going to have a separate IRA from your actual Betterment account. Yeah. Okay. So, and and do you have a 401k? I don't because I have the pension. Uh, I mean, I can set up a 401k, but the state won't match it. So, mm. it, since I work for the state, so yeah, there's kind of it. I mean, it, don't get me wrong; it would be pre-tax. It would be a great idea to do, but for right now, I'm just doing the things on my own. I want you to briefly tell me what a what a pension is. I mean, I, I know the word, uh, See, I know what it is, but I don't know like the specifics of it. I don't either, and okay. that's a problem. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> do you know what a pension is? Yeah. So uh, Laura's dad uh, and actually her mom too have pensions, and it's uh, similar to the idea of Social Security, where you, I mean, you don't pay in because you're working there. Social Security, you pay in, and and over time, to spend. To, Depending on how much time you spend at the, the company, uh, you get more and more vested, and you know you could reach like, 
you know, 10% of your salary, 20% of your salary. And then eventually, if you stay there for how many years, you could possibly potentially reach up to 100% of your salary um, when you retire. Yeah, and, that's, and that's this is a government thing, right? But there's there's private ones as well. Although there's very few left private. So, all right. Well, so just just googling the word, just googling what is a pension. It's a regular payment made during a person's retirement from an investment fund to which that person or their employer has contributed during their working life. And that's right now. I I don't you know quote me. But I believe it's around they match around five or six percent of what I put in, and it's about like one hundred and twenty dollars a paycheck. So it's kind of like a four hundred one k. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I mean, that's you know with a grain of salt. So it, the only thing it, it's a little different, but I think long term it might be better because there's no, there's no risk or less risk. In right. That. So it doesn't. You're not. It's not going into the stock market. It's sort of like I guess a how like a government bond maybe. Yeah, in a sense, I guess. Uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that know a lot more about it, and I should know more about it. But you know, yeah, I would do your research on that. Can I, you? I should. Can you lose it? Uh, well, <laughs> the governor could take a ton of money out of the, the, the pool in which all this money is housed in and oh, that's bad. use it for other things, uh, which I hear is being done. But so, so maybe, I mean, Andrew, I don't know. Do you think he should have a backup plan in case that pension goes south? So, you know, you know, what's interesting, um, like pension. So you're going to pay in, you're going to get X, uh, back. Uh, it's not going to be nearly, and look, the income is going to be nice. Like social security will be nice, but the gains are not going to be nearly as much if you put in the market yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what you're vesting into, and then you fast forward 30 years when you retire, like that's like a lot of inflation. So $3,000 now, uh, it will mean way, way more than $3,000 in 30 years. $3,000 in 30 years could be like $500 now. You know, it depends. Yeah. But so, all right. So you have uh, all these investment types. You have three. Mm -hmm. I mean, tech, tech, are you? Do you put money into a pension? Yeah, like I said, it's okay, about twenty dollars a paycheck. Okay. So you have all these these three types of investment plans. You have a significantly large. Uh, right now, I would consider an emergency fund. Right. That would I consider that your savings account right now, but you're going to be transferring all that over to Betterment. Mm -hmm. Do you have credit card debt? Not at all. Zero. Have you ever had a significant amount of credit card debt? Never. Why? I pay them off as soon as I get the bill completely every time. How did you know to do that? That's uh, what responsible people do. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was what you had. Like, I didn't, wasn't educated in that. How did you get educated in what a credit card does? You think well, like you go in the store with like a piece of plastic and you get a sweater and then like for free? Dude, that's how I thought about credit cards when I first got them. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> well, during my personal finance class, he explained what good debt and bad debt was. Mm. And that kind of, you know, resolved that issue. So I didn't even have a credit card at the time when he had that conversation with us or had that lecture. And now I know when I got a credit card at that point after that, I knew what to do. All right. So I think, I mean, I, I, Andrew, if you have any other questions, I think we have a pretty good picture of your financial portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that bothers me is your student loan debt. Yeah. Which I would consider that's your major problem right now. Absolutely. It's about $450 a month I pay just in that. So is that the only thing that you really are concerned about financially? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I have a, uh, a car loan, but I can actually just pay that off right now if I wanted to. It's about four grand, and I obviously have that, so I uh -huh. just 
save that. And that's three hundred dollars a month, right? And I can get back in my pocket, and I could repay myself and get that money back within a year, probably. So I, I actually want to say something on, on the student mm-hmm. loan debt because uh, we've been talking about it. and We've been saying, you know, you should you should just like pay your student loan debt off, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, this listener actually emailed us. And he does. He doesn't work in finance, but he's just kind of like a nerd, and he likes to calculate stuff. Mm-hmm. And he created a whole model of student loan debt payoff versus um, return of investment. Because the thing is, if you have student loan debt, you could write that off on your taxes. Mm-hmm. So you actually save some money. So, like, no, I mean, now you don't like save some money. Uh, you pay less than it appears you pay uh, towards the loan. And uh, in the U.S., um, it, over five years or over ten years, uh, it basically always pays off to just uh, pay the minimum on your student loan debt and then invest. You know, so if you had, um, what was it? Uh, I'm looking at his email right now. He's like, if you have a loan of twenty thousand uh, dollars, and if you're going to pay it back uh, in ten years or five years, uh. All right, wait, before you go Mm -hmm. down this rabbit hole. Yeah. Because you're basically saying to, like, after all that we've been talking about since we started this podcast is that debt's bad, get rid of debt, also invest. Why can't it be both? Why can't it be both what? You're saying, you're saying, and you're saying what I think you're saying is to pay off your student loans by doing the minimum. Mm-hmm. And instead, the rest of the money that you would use to pay off your student loans, invest that because you'll make more in the stock market than you would in the interest rate of your student loans. So, so that's what his model shows. And yes, that's um, if it's it, a good year in the stock market. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say because uh, the model exists in a vacuum. It's not right. necessarily um, what next year will be. Or so there's there's a measure of risk for sure. Yeah. All right. So I'm not down with that idea. I think it's better. I, I think. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm giving the bad information here, I think it would behoove him to, to pay off his student loan debts while also investing a little bit, and then once those student loan debts are paid off, then you can invest a whole lot. I think it makes practical sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do you yeah. that, That's what we've said thus far on the podcast up until- Do you not agree with that? No, I do agree with that. I mean, that that's how I personally feel. I okay. feel like uh, debt is an emergency. Mm-hmm. Although I'm very intrigued with this model, and I have to go over it further, and I want to, you know, run some of my own numbers. But uh, yeah, please do before we talk about it, because we'll do an episode on it. But I, I, I mean, you look, know me, I, I have to just say now. It's like, well, so there's this yeah, thing. I don't think you should though. I think we should focus on Dan's situation, mm. and I think we should figure out. Well, I think it's an option, you know. Well, I should also uh, mention there is a loan forgiveness program that I technically uh, am in the realm of being a, a, as an applicant for because I work for the state. And it's technically a, a public service job or a public working for – I forget how the, mm-hmm. the terminology is for the actual program. But if you've worked for a public institution for 10 years, they'll forgive the remainder of your debt. So that that further demotivates you to to even contribute to your student loan. They like just pay minimums on bare minimums. Yeah, but the only like, thing is, there's certain loans that are you know that are fall under this 
plan or this you know program. So I think like thirty grand of the forty five doesn't apply or doesn't I mean, it's not applicable oh, to wow. the situation. So I would at least save fifty. I would the fifteen grand of the rather the loans I think will be you know covered under it, but the other thirty, which are HESA loans, I'm not sure if they're covered under that. I assume they're not, but I haven't found out yet. Right, but, but you're still paying that monthly payment every month up for the next five or six years that you're still until this thing they then until they forgive it. Like you still are, you still have to make the minimums. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I think personally, I think I don't want to make the minimum payments every month. I I don't even want to, I don't want to make any payments a month. I want to be at a point way sooner than 10 years where I don't have to pay anything per month and I have no credit card debt and most of my money can go towards the things that I want them to go towards. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, look, uh, well, part of the thing is like, 10 years and it's easy to look at these charts and say these numbers but 10 years is a long time and who knows where you're going to be in 10 years well you know? i'm already five years vested so i only need five more years left before i actually can just apply and get the 15 grand or they'll just forgive the rest of the, the debt that i have however left but right, i know right. a lot of student loans are 10 years some are 20 years maybe some are 15 i'm not sure but i believe mine the majority of them are 20 year Whereas the fifteen that might be forgiven is is ten year ones. All right, let's so. take let's take a, how much do you make per month? Bring home. Bring home after taxes. Uh, uh, a little under, probably around like twelve. No, nine twenty nine hundred. Twenty nine hundred. So a little under three. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have how much going towards the house? All utilities combined. Jeez, you know I have an Excel spreadsheet with all this in there. <laughs> I could open it up. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Uh, Dork like that. I guess. Well, I mean, just to, just to round things off. So, what's your mortgage payment? <laughs> uh, like seven hundred bucks. That's, oh wow! So that, yeah, that almost but, completely covers that then. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not going to be seven hundred dollars forever. No. I, so. I have I qualify for a tax abatement when I bought the the townhouse. Right. So the first year is tax free, hmm. and uh, and also the first year all of my uh, contributions or payments to the mortgage were all directly to principal. And then so, it goes wow. and it's yeah. for five years, right? Five years, and each year I believe it goes up like twenty five percent up to five years or so, or not twenty percent. Sorry. Okay, uh, so this is the year you really should be putting a lot towards your student loans. Because you have a lot of extra capital. Yeah. Yeah, I should. I mean, your rent pretty much pays my mortgage. Right. And, it, I mean, it's, it's nice because I don't have to pay. I mean, it's around like $5,000, $6,000 for the, for the taxes mm-hmm. if I were to pay them outright. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, every year, I'm only paying, going to be paying an increment of that. Uh, so, the, I mean, if, if I had to pay the full tax amount included in my mortgage, it would be around 1200 Okay. For supposedly... Uh, which they gave me an estimate when they uh, when I signed the paperwork and everything. So uh, here's it, here's what I'm asking. Here's what I guess where I'm going to try to steer the direction. And Andrew, tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction with this. He he's basically got a five year pass or or a five year ramp to where he has more money now than he ever will, assuming he stays the exact same amount he's making every month. Possibly that that will go up as well. So it may stay relative for the next five years. Now. I think you should be taking these five years and taking all that extra money that you're making because I imagine you're making a lot of extra money. You have a lot of extra income at the end of the month. Yeah, I have about a thousand dollars of disposable income after all bills are said and done. Okay, 
So we're talking about $12,000 a year. Yeah. Times that by five. And what do you have? You are talking. See, this is why I was not a finance major. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm telling you is that you have your student loans paid off in three years. Yeah, that would be nice. That is absolutely possible. This reminds me of a story where a friend of mine, in, in my finance major, uh, he was t- he uh, was applying for an internship at like a very big firm, very well known firm. And they during his interview, they asked him like, "What's twenty three times seventeen? If you can't answer that in three seconds, get out of my office." <laughs> well, that has yeah. nothing to do with. I know, but it's just the, that that's actually why I switched majors because I knew I was never good at math in my head. I can never be not dependent on a calculator that I would have to always mm-hmm. have. So I was like that if that alone, if you if I can't get a job as a finance person in in some type of big firm, which is what my goal was, then I need to I need to find a different, different or get path. better at math or get better at math, which right. I never was. I was always bad at math, but for some reason I wanted to do finance because it just seemed like like a casino game, you know. Which obviously is a terrible metaphor for that or terrible comparison. Yeah. So look, I mean, am I wrong to assume that you could be taking these this next three years and paying off your student loan debt? I mean, yeah. I mean, that would be a why probably a good idea. But the same and you wouldn't now. I imagine that. You would not be contributing contributing a lot to your betterment account because this you're talking about the entire thousand dollars, right? So, but you do have money in betterment now, and you do have a cushion in your savings account, which you're eventually transferring over, and you're still uh, putting money towards your pension because that's coming out before you get your check. Mm -hmm. Now, is the 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 traditional IRA is that coming out before you get your check? No. Okay, so that's after tax. Mm -hmm. All right. So, how much is going into your Roth IRA a month? Uh, only like 150 bucks. Are you counting that in the amount that you have? That so you still have a thousand dollars left over, or now you have 850? Uh, yeah, I guess that's probably about 850 then. Okay. Uh, so I don't know, Andrew. I mean, tell me if I'm like crazy to think that that is a reasonable goal. I would say, like, you know what? Um, you you save that thousand dollars. First of all, I think it's an awesome idea, and I'd say, uh, you know. Pull it back to five years. So in five years, you'll be done with all your debt, right? You'll take care of the 30K that you're going to owe. The government will forgive the 15. And, you know, so divide it out, whatever that is. And the remainder, we're just popping in betterment or something. So in five years, you'll be tapped out with everything. And well, you'll not, still build no, up your You'll stash. still have that payment for 10, for, oh, you're saying for five more years. Until yeah, I'm saying like if he if so in five years he's gonna get the 15k forgiven, but not the 30k. Maybe we don't know that for sure yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if he's getting them both forgiven, then I would say it's not worth contributing to at all. But uh, if it's not going to be forgiven, um, yes, yeah, spread it out over five years, set that to be your goal, and then pack the rest away and you know put it into your mutual fund or why not? But why not get it done sooner? Why not do it in three years? Because why give him five years? Well, Matt, I should mention I have a girlfriend. I also have, uh, you know, things I'd like to buy. Uh, oh, so you're not. So this extra thousand dollars isn't doesn't count like groceries. I know it does. Oh, okay, I, I allocate like what, like one hundred fifty dollars. Let's say, but all right, you know, things like you know, if I need to take her out to dinner, or if I need to go out to dinner, let's say, if I want to treat myself, all right, know, these kind of things. Not, not saying being in a relationship is is a bad thing, but you know, I, I 
do want to experience life to some degree, like you had mentioned earlier in my life when we, I was buying a house. But I do have some, you know, I have that $1,000 cushion, but I might use maybe like 200 of that just on, you know, daily, you know, doings and such. Okay. Makes sense? I, yeah, I get it. But, you know, let's say, because, for example, every time I get a paycheck, I dump like 500 bucks into a savings account. Now, I into my savings account, and then eventually, you know, I'll get out to betterment. Sometimes it's not 500, depending on how, like, I look at my checking account. If I see it's like, going to drop below 500 bucks that concerns me for some reason and I don't like to see that so I'll stop spending frivolously or I'll stop dumping into my savings account I'll just you know hang on to that until my next paycheck comes and then I'll start dumping more into my savings so it's sometimes it ends up being a thousand dollars a month and I some get lucky because I haven't spent a dime on you know going out to lunch and dinner and whatnot but right. then some months you know I might only contribute five six hundred bucks for the entire month but here's what I'm here's what I'm saying is that you now like right now this year mm-hmm. is the year you have the tax abatement. So you're paying the least amount of money on your mortgage than you will ever pay. Absolutely. Right? Until you pay this off. Mm-hmm. So this house, I mean. So why wouldn't you be contributing as much as you can towards your debt while you have this extra income now that you're not paying off the mortgage or you're not paying that much towards the mortgage? You're right. I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, for me, it's like okay, I have like a ten, fifteen thousand dollar, somewhere around there, in savings. If I take all that out, let's say, and I've I'm not put, saying to do that. No, I know, but I'm okay. saying hypothetically, if I were to just dump that into my, just pay off a student loan, like I would be saving a hundred dollars a month. So <laughs> I'm never going to get that money back. So for some reason, that just that impatience to to gradually get that money back. To me, it just so much, so much of a concern to me that I just rather just wait it out. But I know that's a terrible idea. Well, think and then think about it this way: if the sooner you get your student loans paid off, and I'm sorry to harp on the student loan thing, so no, much, sure, yeah. but but as soon as you get that paid off, mm-hmm. you now have an extra four hundred and fifty dollars that you didn't have a yeah. month because that's what you are paying now for your minimum payments. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, in three years, you could be stashing five hundred dollars away on top of what you're already stashing away and be growing your money even faster, even mm-hmm. after, you know, as soon as you get over this like little hump of the student loan debt thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and obviously if I pay it off sooner, the less interest I'm in, you know, paying off and or like accruing, I guess, and I'm saving money in the long term. But then again, let's say in an IRA where I contribute money now versus five years from now, you know, that's five years that I could have been investing in an IRA and actually could have grown over the past, you know, five years. And then 20 years from now, 30 years from now, yeah. If I had invested that much money back then at the time when I instead of paying my student loans, that I could see a much more gain, bigger gain then. I you know, these are all just things I think about, but I don't know how accurate they are. All right, so Andrew. <clears throat> what do you think is Dan's route? Like is there anything you think he should start doing today? Uh, I, I really liked your idea. Like I said, uh, contributing more to the 30K piece or, or even just doing the research to see if it's worth, if it's necessary. Um, but it actually sounds like Dan has it like on lockdown. I mean, <laughs> he, he's got uh, his mindset correct. And look, if it goes mm-hmm. into betterment versus the mutual fund, uh, your guess is as good as mine, which will do better, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but he's diversified. And, you know, he's interested, so he's going to, you know, keep an eye on it. And I, I don't really think there's anything I could tell him other than make more money. <laughs> yeah. 
which is coming too. Uh, obviously, I mean, I get a guaranteed raise every year unless there's a some type of freeze, which is nice. And I do get a cost of living raise every once in a while when a contract is uh, renegotiated. Uh huh. So it's nice. So, do you have any final? Do you have any like specific questions for Andrew or I? Probably not me. Probably Andrew. <laughs> I have a question for you, Matt. Uh, can you stop eating the cookies and chips that I keep buying? I <laughs> went out and I bought you cookies today. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate that. Did you see them? I did. I and did. they're organic and they're healthy cookies, but yes. they're a chocolate chip. They're made with all good ingredients. You're not eating that crap, whatever. The, what was the name of the cookie brand you brought? Who knew it was good for you of cookies? <laughs> yes. Like, give me a fucking break. They were chewy. I they, they were disgusting. Chew. They were disgusting. They were not Chips Ahoy, okay? I, I did do Ugh. a step up here. Ugh. <laughs> so I got you better cookies. They're probably more tastier. Yeah, and I got not... you uh, a white corn, uh, no additives, tortilla chips. <laughs> Much better than the scoops. <laughs> <laughs> and they're thicker, too. They have a better crunch to them. Yeah. They're not the 19 Pringle cans I bought or whatever. No, we need uh, <laughs> I mean, we can go, we can talk about that a whole episode. I'm not going down that road. Yeah, you can do P90X all you want, but as soon as you start eating Pringles, it just can't yes. each other out. <laughs> you were going out and you're doing P90X and then you're coming, you're like sitting down in front of the TV, eat some Chinese food, have some Pringles, maybe a couple yeah. of cookies. Yeah, you kind of just throw it out the window. Yeah, I go Xbox on, grab a Pringles, yeah. and just sit and enjoy. 80% diet, 20% exercise. <laughs> Or even more than that. Now, I've heard. I heard another one was eighty five percent exercise or diet, fifteen percent exercise. Mm-hmm. It's all about what you feel yourself with. Yeah, that's why I'm getting skinnier, and I don't know if you're changing at all. <laughs> I haven't changed. I literally have, <laughs> since I've started that. I've not gained a single lost a single pound. All right. So you you have no other questions, right? Well, I do. Okay. Uh, is there something I could do with my investments that you think? Besides, the obviously, paying off the debt, excluding any debt right now. Okay. Something I could do with the money that I have or that I'm saving that may be better than just doing a betterment or just dumping into an IRA. And the tradition, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you're going to go over this in another podcast, so I'm not going to answer, but the traditional IRA versus, versus a Roth. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm not sure if I should roll it over. All right. So um, you did terribly with your with your investments uh in individual companies mm-hmm. um because uh you you bought into like the fear and and there was like no logical like you have to be logical and and like you have to be there can't be any emotion in your decision so it's up it's down it and this is all the emotion in the market why it's up and down it's not always because like things are they like record earnings like apple has gotten record earnings but people felt that they should have done even better. And they're like the most profitable company in the world. And the stock went down, you know, that's just people being emotional. So I would say, um, where you're really going to get like crazy gains, uh, is if you go into individual companies, um, but you, you should do like a lot of research. Like you should take like a week and just be obsessive about like researching like two or three companies and then pick and throw some money in. You know, make sure it's it's a minor portion of your portfolio. Yeah, not all you of know? it, right? Yeah, like maybe a 20%, you know, cap it at that. That's already even a lot of exposure to a single company. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, like Apple is is a great pick, and the stock's gonna split uh, yeah, in like oh, a month or two. And you know when the stock splits, so for every share, it'll be seven, seven. shares, right? So if you own now, um, after the split, you'll have the exact same thing you had before, just more shares. However, there are many people. And their understanding of what's cheap and expensive with a stock is the price, not the valuation. So what's going to happen is Apple's going to go, it's going to split, and it's going to go from like six hundred whatever to you know eighty something dollars or ninety something dollars. And all these people who don't understand stocks are going to be like, "Oh my God, you see how cheap Apple is," and they're going to buy in, and it's going to pump the price up. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that'll be a temporary inflation and then eventually drop back down, similar to like the IPO with Facebook, or do you think it'll remain at the price and kind of just gradually go up over time? So, um, my my favorite number is the PE. It's the price to earnings ratio, mm-hmm. and you could use it generally to see how expensive a stock is versus a sector or another stock or the market as a whole. And in good times, like on average. Uh, the PE of a normal company will be about twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, tech is actually pretty cheap. Um, I think Google is around sixteen to eighteen. Microsoft's usually less because no one wants to invest in Microsoft, and uh, Apple is thirteen. Last I checked, um, which is like really cheap considering that they're they're like. I think their profit margins are roughly forty percent. They're like uh, their growth everywhere. So uh, I think what will happen is after the stock splits and people buy in, the PE will go up. Maybe it'll become fifteen. So it's like if you were going to buy the Honda Civic for five thousand dollars, why wait to buy it for eight thousand dollars? You know. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are you really telling him though? I'm telling him, like, if, if he was interested in something like Apple, I think that uh, it's cheap now. I think it will definitely go up after the split. And I think that it'll stay up after the split. Um, I think that... But you're, sell- you're telling him to put 20% of his entire... No, I, I said that's, like, an extreme, and that'd oh, okay. be a lot of exposure to a single company. Okay. You know, like, maybe you could take 20% and spread it among four different companies, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and just, just yeah, do a ton of research, like obsessively. But you also have to realize, yeah. like, you had said something about uh, Starbucks, mm-hmm. and they're like kind of up there, like they're already at the top of their game. Like, and you, you have, you have to ask a question, like, how much more growth could they have? Mm-hmm. And the same thing could be with Verizon. How much more growth could Verizon have? Mm-hmm. T-Mobile, on the other hand, uh, has a lot of growth opportunity, you know, and people are digging their no ETF. Thing and yeah. so that that could be something that's more lucrative, potentially. Maybe, maybe Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always growing somehow. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> so I mean, I, look, if you're into it, I mean, you know, the only thing is, is if you're into it, you have to stay into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a long haul kind of thing, and you obviously don't put all your eggs into one basket. But you got to just keep – you got to ride it out. You can't get scared like I did with Sirius, like you did with uh, the one you mentioned. What was it? The thing is you didn't do much research when you bought uh, Sirius. No, I know. So I, I think that's the thing is I think if Dan like took a week and like earnestly looked at a few companies, he would know more than most about these companies and he would be making an, an educated decision. And I think uh, unless like he – something crazy happened like – 
um, he could stand to do very well. Look, I don't know about you, but I, I think it's vastly more important that you invest in paying off your student loan debt before you invest in Apple, personally. But I think that you're going to differ with me on that one, Andrew, are you? I think the student loan debt is important. Uh, I definitely uh, lean more towards Dan's thought where um, he wants to do some stuff. And look, I, I – As a hobby? A- hmm. As a hobby or as a, as a means of growing your wealth? Well, no, I'm saying like he, he wants to take his girlfriend out to dinner. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I, I could save a, a hell of a lot more money, but I also really like to go out to dinner, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's like this balance where it's you could go into the mall and get the sweater on the credit card and think you got it for free, you know, or you could be mindful about the debt and have a plan and you don't have to sacrifice. And he, Dan is not in a tight spot where no, he needs to sacrifice so, you know, insanely. But that's maybe the best time to get rid of your debt. Now, let me pose this question to you. Mm-hmm. I have a credit, uh, I'm sorry, I have a car payment. Right. It's $4,000 left on it. I would get rid of that. That's Absolutely. You should, you, I should pay that off ASAP right now. Yeah, dude, the car, like just sitting in your driveway is losing value. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like dripping out of the bottom of your car. I, I would clear that out because at least, yeah, I don't know. I, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I don't like you know, car loans is because you don't have like an asset with yeah. it. Well, it's not At, at least you got an education, you know, and that's where the debt came from. The only asset that it is is that he needs to get to work, although technically not really because we live uh, in biking distance to work. Yeah, half a mile. Half a mile. So, I mean, <laughs> technically you don't need a car. No, I don't. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think he should use his entire cushion to pay it off right this second. No. Right. Because things can happen and, yeah. You, you, could, some- you could, like, maybe double the payments so that way you pay it off in half the time. Yeah, I have about oh, probably two years left on it, so I could probably pay it off in a year if I do that. What do you think, Andrew? You have, uh, wait, you have four thousand dollars left on it, right? Yeah. You know, you know, what I think is maybe the most important thing is that uh, Dan's mind is in the right place, and it sounds like it is. Yeah. And as long as he has a plan, and look, if he's excited about investing, and and uh, and as a result of being excited about investing, it forces him to save more so he can invest. Like, by all means, go for it. Like, yeah, I'm not deterring you from doing it. I'm just saying that you're. I I always put student loan debt over investing doesn't mean doesn't mean I think you should stop investing I think it means you should just allocate a little bit more money towards debt instead of investing makes sense because debt hinders you from future investing mm-hmm. like I always say it's the it's like driving your car with the brakes on you could and be- I mean the thing is also if you planned it out like you divided 30 by you know 30 and you're like I'll pay 1000 a year or whatever it's not really that because there's interest so yeah. it actually does take longer. So uh, definitely should kick a little more in there. I don't know if it's like super urgent, but. Yeah, right now I contribute 10 extra dollars. Oh, that's <laughs> pathetic, dude. <laughs> I contribute more. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. But uh, here's another question for you guys. I have uh, bonds. Back in the day when your grandmom gave you some bonds, yeah. some of those. Mm. Uh, $750. It's a lot, guys. It's a lot. Uh, yes. That you could cash? They're already matured? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they're already matured, long matured. Uh, should I take the money out now or should I wait? Is it, is it like now a good time to do that? Yeah, man. Yeah? Take them out put them in Betterment, no? 
I, I, that, that's what I would do. But if or I, pay off your student loan debt with them, that's what yeah, they're for. Two payments to the student. That's loan. but th- but that's why you got them. They were yeah, for college. They were. So yeah. well, how does one cash that? I imagine you go to your local bank and you do that. But yeah. I'm not associated with a local bank. Oh shit, you're right. That's interesting. I've never had physical bond certificates. I had a. You could go to like a brokerage place. You know, yeah, like go if, uh, to Fidelity. They have like physical offices and open up an account. Mm-hmm. You know. But if there's any fees in, in, in uh, setting up account or cashing out these bonds, it almost defeats the purpose of any interest I've ever accrued. You know, yeah, I, I the fee's going to be like seven ninety nine. Like right. it's going to be like that. Yeah, that's it's not going to be like crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we've already talked for close to an hour. Did we? Yeah. So we got to wrap this up. Hmm. I know time flies when you talk to us, right? Yeah. Yeah. I talk, <laughs> I talk to Matt all the time too. It's just terrible. I know. <laughs> it is terrible. Well. <laughs> Dan, thanks for being on the show. No problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And hopefully you learned something. I did. All right, good. And thanks to everyone who hung out with us and spent an entire hour talking about my brother's personal finance stuff. Mm-hmm. And you could tell, look, he's good with personal finance. I'm not good with personal finance. And we call it this financial life. We learned about him and what he's doing with his money. Hopefully it was educational. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I, so oh, look, good. If you guys have any questions and you'd like us to answer them, or you want Dan to answer them. No, email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys. And look, if you like the show, which I hope you do, if you're still listening to this, leave us a review on iTunes. It is one star. No, not one star. <laughs> Multiple stars. Multiple stars. In fact, uh, just for good measure, I'm going to read another one. I'm going to read another one. This is from uh, Will Lenzen Jr. I know Will. Uh, he has a, another podcast. Uh, shit. What the hell's the name of it? Hold on. Wait, wait, we're ready. Do your research, Matt. I know founder health. I knew it. I knew it was in my head. Uh, check it out about entrepreneurs and being healthy. But Will writes, if you like interviews and conversations where it feels like you're hanging out in your living room or at a bar talking about meaningful things, then you will like this podcast. Great information, real-world mindset and attitude. Give it a listen. Or if you're hanging out, it feels like you're hanging out in your brother's first floor while your other brother's upstairs on his laptop. It, yeah, feels, just, like, it feels like that. Yeah, just clean up when you're done, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, oh, by the way, you should just probably send me that rent check when you're done. Yeah, I will. Okay. <laughs> it's not even the end of May yet. Give it, it doesn't matter. Send give it a rest. Back. Get a rest, Cowboy. I want to invest it in Betterment, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Follow me down here. But please leave us a review. We really need them. And uh, tell tell these these bad reviews that they were not helpful. <laughs> that would be good. And uh, Dan, you use Mint, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we use Mint, Andrew and I. We wrote a book about it. It's called Mastering Mint. You can find it at masteringmint.com. Enter the promo code podcast and get $5 off. Learn everything there is to know about using Mint effectively. Awesome. Last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance and money management... We are always writing new stuff and posting up new articles uh, and episodes of the show at listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Check out our page. That's it. And just check it out because the site is dead sexy. Yeah. It's dead sexy. So that's it, everyone. Dan, thanks again. Mm-hmm, my pleasure. Andrew, thank you. Absolute, dude. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. And we look forward to the next episode. Later, guys. Later. Peace out.